I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jess goodwire and i am excited because we have an old school old school crew i can't even talk i'm so excited um on tonight and that is my tried and trusted cohort in crime mr eric smith hello everyone and returning, it's been so long, um, my old school co-host with the most, Barb Brees. It's me. I know you guys have missed me. I have missed you terribly. <laughs> we have missed you. I'm so, so happy to be back with you guys. I've missed you terribly. I am I am so happy to have her back. And uh, so it's, it's going to be a great episode. Um, we have an, a really interesting interview with Tyler Shields about the new movie Final Girl. And if you don't know who Tyler Shields is, this is his first feature film, but he is a, uh, he has done a few short movies, one of them with Nathan Fillion that you can watch on his website. Um, and the, uh, he's also a prolific photographer and artist, and he has done some really cool work with um, some amazing people. And one of the really cool ones he did was this famous photograph of Lindsay Lohan as a vampire. Oh, nice. Yeah, he likes using blood. He actually created a piece of art based using the blood of a bunch of famous people he asked them to give him. Really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the Kiss comic book, only on canvas. Oh. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, he's a really interesting guy, and the movie was beautiful. It was really cool. And um, uh, very it, basically what I, I tell him in the interview is he it looks like your art come to life. He's like, that's what I was going for. So that gives you an idea of what the movie is like. No, it looks nice. really interesting. Yeah. It's very, very pretty. And that, it's the little girl from Miss, the, the yeah, sunshine movie. Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like gorgeous. She's a goddess in this. It's like, wow, I'm old. Um, so <laughs> before we get to the interview, we have some recaps to go through a week in geek to get through. And I can't wait to get started. And the first thing I'm going to talk about, if you're not watching this, I don't know what to tell you, is Rick and Morty. If you've not seen Rick and Morty yet, just imagine if you took Back to the Future and a lot of acid. And that have, sounds about right. Yeah, and you have Rick and Morty. So, yeah, that's a normal trip to the movies. <laughs> But uh, Rick and Morty, uh, this last episode actually almost made me cry. 
I did not watch it, but I heard it was pretty dark and depressing. It it really is, and it's it goes to a dark and depressing place that you're not expecting it to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, the episode is all about um, Rick running into his old flame, whose name is Unity, and um, Unity is a life form that t- takes over sort of like the Borg in one way, uh, uh, like an entire groups of life forms, but they all share its consciousness. So the consciousness of unity is within all of the living things in this planet, which means all the guys, all the girls, all the animals, or all the things are unity. Which, nice. Which leads to some very <laughs> depraved acts. That is some serious group sex right there. Yes. Yeah, I, I heard something about a kind of a space orgy going yeah. on. There's giraffe <laughs> involved. And, um, yeah. But, nice. <laughs> yeah, and actually Unity isn't the dark and horrible place that you go. It's really Rick. And it's just... A, a surprisingly deep episode for a show that, you know, plays fast and loose with just goofy stuff all the time. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Futurama with the dog. You don't expect okay. to have the dick punch of that dog happen. Right. <laughs> and this was like that. It was, and it was just really beautifully done. And there's even a nod to community in it, which is hilarious. Um, Yay. But yeah, there's it's and it's not just it's not just Rick's relationship with Unity, but it's Rick's relationship with everybody. It's it's like a it's just really well done, and and this second season's really gearing up. I love the first one, but I've so far this second season has been great, and this I don't know how they're going to top something like this. It was really good, and the ending was just so sad. Oh, it was so sad. You just. Yeah, it's sad. Um, but yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, I think you can actually, I know they had it up for a very long time. You could go to adultswim.com and actually stream the first season mm-hmm. um, if you have not seen it. And it's also out on DVD right now. So I strongly suggest checking it out. I think it's on demand as well. I think the first season is. Um, I. I want to say that I saw the entire season um, available, so check it out. Was it on Comcast or is it on uh, DirecTV or just all of them? Um, we've got DirecTV, so that's where Ooh, I saw it at. That's what I've got. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, so next up is Hannibal, which is making me more and more depressed as it goes along, knowing that it's about to end. Um, mm-hmm. We've only got three episodes left. Oh, wow. I'm very, very sad. So by the end of this month, we'll be the last Hannibal. And uh, this season has just, oh my gosh, so amazing. Um, This last episode is called And the Woman Clothed in the Sun, which is another reference to the the Red Dragon painting. And uh, it was written by Don Mancini and Brian Fuller, which means it's going to be an amazing episode. Um, And so we... You know, if you've seen Manhunter, which I know Eric has, um, mm-hmm. seen Red Dragon, the mm-hmm. uh, remake, this the stuff that goes on in this episode is very, very similar. Although in this one, we do have Dr. Bedelia DeMar um, show back up. So Jillian Anderson's in this. And you also, this time around, you do get to see what happened with Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto's in this episode. 
I was so happy to see him. Did you see it? Did you watch I, it? I did. Oh, yeah. oh, God, there were so much good things. Um, not only Zachary Quinto getting fisted, not, not in the way you think, <laughs> not in the way you think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff was great. I love Gillian Anderson in this. She plays this so well. I love that line about you were his bride, too. Mm-hmm. That was so good, but I love the um, the visuals they did with Francis Dollarhide in this, and uh, beautiful. Oh my god! And just the tiger and oh, yeah, so many good things. <laughs> and and uh, the other part of it that I really really loved was the whole scene with him, and um, oh god, I always want to call her Tara. That's just not right. Um. But the whole scene with her and him together mm-hmm. and how they filmed that and how he picked her up. Yeah. Holy crap. You know, if there's one thing I love about the series, and I've not been a fan of the whole thing, but it's just visually, I mean, it's absolutely stunning just oh. to sit and watch. Oh, my God. It is. It is just so beautiful. And uh, the the part of it that I, I kind of just finally clicked with me that I didn't really I, I didn't even think about it until I watched this mm-hmm. was the fact that Francis Dollarhide is such a, tra- you know, he, you know, he's a tragic character. Right. Um, and is the fact that uh, he's been looking for. Uh, looking for oh Reba. By the way, I just clicked in my head. Her name is. Reba. <laughs> oh my God! I keep con- wanting to call her Tara so bad. Um, but anyway, uh, he keeps looking for acceptance. This whole thing, you know, he's been told he's ugly and no one wants to see him because of his deformity, which isn't even that bad, um, and all of this stuff. So when he kills these people and kills these families. He wants to be seen in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And so he does the thing with the mirror. But the first time, it's so tragic, is when he finds love and acceptance, it's from a woman who is blind. Can't see. Yep. <laughs> she can't see him, but she sees him. And it's mm-hmm. like this beautiful thing. And I, I now I get why Brian Fuller keeps saying that the Reba and Francis love story is one of the most poetic and beautiful in modern literature. Because it really is this sad story. Right. I mean, he's, he's totally a tragic character. And for him, just to see him kind of lose that control that he wants to have. And he like kind of loses himself with Reba during yeah. their, you know, it was, it was very just, just, oh, you know, kind <laughs> of a moment. <laughs> it was, and it was so beautifully shot too, with her glowing and being the woman in the painting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's kind of interesting too, because in the painting, they, they say it's more of like the dragon is, is being over, is taking over, the woman, but in the it was flipped. Yeah, in in their relationship and that scene, it's just gorgeous. But I loved the fact that at the end of the episode, this didn't happen in the books, and that is Will, or in any of the other movies, is that Will sees him. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh my god! I was, like, was... I, I was like, there's no effing way. There's oh my god! I know when he sees the shoe <laughs> and the elevator. The and... And I thought, oh, it's gonna shut. No, here oh he comes. I'm just like, snap! <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah, I was totally flo- I was thrown. I had no idea that they were going to have a confrontation. No. So, so yeah, that that jazzed me up. I'm like, oh hell! I was like, oh, shit, it's I... over. It's over. I know. God, no, no, no. So, so now we have three more episodes left, and they are all titles that are biblical. Cool. One is the and the beast from the sea. That's the next one. Mm-hmm. The number is of the beast is six six six. That's the one after that. And the final episode, and I love this title. It's setting up something really good. Is the wrath of the lamb? Ooh, lamb. Nice. Lamb. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to be very very sad come the end of this month. Oh God, so has hard. there been any news on whether or not the the series is going to be picked up by anything else, or is it just going to be gone for good? And um, I think it's going to be gone for well. The 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 thing is that Fuller said at Comic Con is that Hulu hasn't said no yet, and Hulu mm-hmm. did pick up the Mandy project. Um, when it was canceled from NBC and okay. they started showing it. So I'm hoping, but the bad thing is that Hugh Dancy has actually taken a gig in another series. Oh yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, but it doesn't mean they can't come back. I mean, everybody and their brother that has worked on this show absolutely loves it and wants to come back. They've all, I mean, they were at, at Comic-Con. They were basically looking at Brian Fuller's and no, we, we, we want to come back. And that includes Mads. So, well, it'd be awesome if something could happen in the future with uh, the cast and I wish. A, a resurgence. You never know; stranger things have happened. I so. know. I hope they. I hope it happens because, frack, man. And they've already. And he he said it again at Comic Con. Was if he gets a Clarice Starling, he wants it to be Ellen Page. Oh, nice. Which is phenomenal casting. Just yeah. Um, so the strain also keeps coming and getting better. And this last episode saw a surprise <laughs> show up at the end. <laughs> I have to say it. I have to say that I watched it with my husband and the one scene with Zach and his dad. Oh, it threw me back to The Walking Dead where Rick was in the shower and he shaved his head. and Yeah. Because <laughs> Zach, annoy- Zach annoys me like, like, like little Carl did. So I kind of like link those two together. Well, especially now because they, they, Zach has become emo Zach and they actually yeah. changed the actor. And yeah, but I love the fact that Corey Stoles, they made this big deal about him being revealed with his like real bald head. And it's like... Right. <laughs> Poor Corey Stoltz. People <laughs> hated that effing wig so bad. And uh, now he's it's like, oh, look, it's Yellow Jacket and he's coming. 
everything I read about it online was like, R.I.P., you horrible piece of crap wig. Yeah, no, no <laughs> one. like, aw. Yeah, everybody was like, get rid of it. Well, it just looks so out of place on him. Because, right. I, you know, if you've watched House of Cards, you're used to him not having air. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen Ant-Man, you know he doesn't have it. <laughs> and and he looks better without it. Just because, it, you know, he can. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good looking dude with a bald head. And it's there like, you go. there you go. So. Um, the, oh God, those creepy, creepy blind kids. I don't like them. No one likes them. (laughs) And I I kept waiting for Fett to say something because they brought up to him, you know, he's like, I'm a exterminator. I'm like, spiders. They call them spider kids. There's your line. Say the line. Say exactly. I don't think he did. I don't think he said anything. Um, but the big thing for me at this at the end of the episode that um, they they uh, they were calling him the unknown Strigoi, mm-hmm. um, you know, because R.I.P. Stephen McCaddy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Stephen McCaddy, you're gone. You're that gone. Stinks. You're gone. But you will be at Horror Hound next month, and I finally get to meet you. There. Let's see. I really, really want them to do a duo photo shoot with him and Lance Henriksen. That would be dope. I just want both of them on either <laughs> side of me, and I want them talking to each of my ears. That's really all I really want. Especially Lance, because he's got that gravelly so voice. So does McCaddy. Oh, oh man. <laughs> all right, this this whole episode is becoming very uncomfortable <laughs> for me. Is, this is what happens with Barb and I when we're together. Don't even get us started about Rooker. It, oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, that in the episode, you have the unknown Strigoi show up, and it is official they've they've given him the name and he is quinlan he is quinlan and if you've read the books quinlan is a big deal yeah yes he is (laughs) (laughs) and he's british they've they've cast him as this a gorgeous british actor that you've seen in tons of tons of things and um i actually have uh, uh gotten on to there's going to be a a conference call, which I will hopefully be able to get at least one question in t- with him. And uh, the actor's name is Rupert Penry Jones. And he's been in stuff like, I believe, um, Whitechapel. He's been in a ton of things. If you look him up, his IMDb is huge for TV work. And he's a nice looking dude, even though they got him all made up. But he's, <laughs> he's also going to be a badass. I love that people were asking me online. Who who is he playing? And I'm like, because I, I didn't want to ruin it online for people that haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But he is officially Quinlan. Nice. Yeah. Which everyone thought McCaddy was going to be Quinlan. Mm-hmm. No, he just whet your appetite for badass good guy vampires. Exactly. So, um, so the other part of this week on TV recap <laughs> was the Daily Show is you no know, more <laughs> with Jon Stewart. <laughs> And I cried. I cried like a little bitch. I'm sorry, but I did on that last episode. He made me cry when he got all choked up. I don't do well with goodbyes. I don't care who you uh-uh. are. No, I cried so, at the end yeah. of the freaking Colbert report. I, <laughs> so when I saw Stephen Colbert show up, I'm like, oh, here it goes. Yeah. Here, it's done. I'm done. I was doing okay, and now I'm not. And, <laughs> and then he's like grabbing hold of Jon Stewart holding him in place like no you're gonna hear this you're going to hear this <laughs> but, i mean john stewart had an excellent run he was what 16 years Se- i think something 17 like wasn't it was it seven? something like that i'm not sure but yeah he had a really good run oh man and and you know he uh, the 
just the the entirety of of how many people showed up too was mm-hmm. huge, and and then that big group hug after Colbert. Yeah. Did, oh, <laughs> I'm getting teary. I just think it was very sweet. Because when we because very... the day this show airs, this episode airs, it's going to be the the this you know. This week is the first week without him. I think it's, mm-hmm. does it start or has it already started? Because I didn't watch Monday. I, I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Trevor, dude, that took over. I, if you've started already. But yeah, I, I was just really, I was very sad because he's been around for so long. Yeah. And all the good ones have to go before we're ready for them to. I know, and it's, he keeps saying, I, "It's not like I'm dying." Uh, yeah, I know, but you're not going to be on my TV every week, exactly. every day, you know. So yeah, it was a beautiful send-off, though, and I love the whole thing with with Bruce Springsteen. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah, and and you could tell it was just really hard for John Stewart too. I mean, you're giving up like one of the best shows around and and best people that they've worked with. Yeah, so it's very sad. We will miss you, John Stewart. Yes. <laughs> um, but the other thing, um, so we can geek business. Okay. Before we get to the good news, I have one other thing that I saw just a little bit before we um, got together to record, and I have to bitch about it because I want to cut myself. Uh-oh. And that wow. is, the <laughs> yeah. They just released the second trailer for Jim and the Hologram. Oh, no. Oh, God. No, it's worse than you can Because <laughs> Synergy's in this one. Oh, geez. Guess what they did to Synergy. Do I have to? Just take a guess. Just guess. You, you can never, you'll never do it justice. Oh, the, God. With the worst thought you could give it. Okay. Uh, makes, it makes me hurt. It makes me want to jab things in my own head. Um, so if you thought it couldn't get any worse, it does. Um, the whole point of Synergy was to give Jerrica and the girls a connection to Jerrica's mother who died. Because mm-hmm. he even based her. He didn't want her to look so much like her because he, he put in within her the mother, you know, when, the, when her dad made Synergy he put everything he could in there of the mom and he, that's why he made her purple. So she wouldn't remind him too much of her cause it would hurt too much. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the sad, sweet story behind synergy. But now they have to go and, and mess that up. Oh God, it's worse than you can ever imagine. What did they do just cause my <laughs> stomach is like jumping around now. Synergy is now Wally. What? Synergy is this little device robot thing that Jerrica's dad made before he died. I guess he's dead too. Um, I know he's dead in the show, but in, in, in the, in the series, but yeah, he was an inventor guy and he created this little ro- And None of his, Oh, by the way, none of his inventions ever worked. Surprise. Yay. So, <laughs> He created this robot named Synergy who looks like, um, more like Wally and, and Eve had a baby. Oh my. And that's Synergy. And he made. Boop, 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 oh. 
It should and, be like Herbie from the Fantastic Four <laughs> yeah, cartoon. Exactly. <laughs> like Finn Max into space. Um, you know, space campers. Um <laughs> no, this this thing is just horrifyingly yeah. happy looking. And so what it does is it replays video for them, uh that that, that somehow it recorded of her and her father. Mm-hmm. It's even the Showtime synergy line happens, and oh god, it looks it looks worse than you even thought it. Could. Well, we're we're going to no. start a new trend here. Now, is this just bad, or is it Fantastic Four bad? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of it's like, all bad. Yeah, the, the the Fantastic Four controversy is yeah that that's I think it's just. Yeah, it's probably on par with the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I want to. I'll get in the. I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute because um, I'm going to be um, by the by the airing of this episode, we're going to have a review video up from our buddy Carl, who went and braved the Fantastic Four for fans. Oh, jeez, he that's wow. a big man. He right took there. he took that punch to the dick for us. That's Ugh. he did. He did. He did. So I begged him not to. That's the thing. I actually said, don't no. You know, it's not worth it. We don't need a review because we already know. And he's like, no, but think about how entertaining it will be. No, it's not worth it. No, it's not worth it. The thing is, it has gotten to the level now that it's below Catwoman. It's below Howard the oh, Duck. Yeah. It is below. Which Howard the Duck is not that bad of a flick. No, Cap- I Cap- disagree. But- <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I enjoy. I love. I'm, I'm a kid of the '80s. I love Howard <sighs> the Duck. Um, but I went to the theater and saw Howard the Duck. That's so it. did I. I, I love. And I, I cried. You cried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went. I I actually walked out of the Spirit. It's one of the few movies I've walked out of. I think it's been. I think I've w- walked out of two films in my life, and The Spirit was one of them. It's below The Spirit now on on the gauge, and that's <laughs> that's some hard work. You have to work to suck that bad. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but so let's talk about something happy. I'm down with that. Happy unicorns. Happy. Barb doesn't know this yet. Barb is going to find this out now. Yay. So, remember that really good TV series called Constantine? Mm-hmm. Remember how great Matt Ryan was playing Constantine? Yeah, I do. How cute. You just wanted to cuddle him in that little trench coat. And you're like, yay, Matt Ryan. <laughs> you're good, Constantine. Remember how NBC cut all our throats by going, no, you don't get any more of this. Yeah. So Stephen Amell from Arrow, which is a huge hit for the CW, um, said, you know what? I really liked Constantine. I want him on my show. (gasps) Really? It's it's actually happening. (gasps) Nice. Constantine is back from the TV graveyard and (laughs) Matt Ryan is going to be playing Constantine on Arrow. Right on. Now I have a reason to watch Arrow. Yes. Right? (laughs) The fourth season, we'll see an episode of the show with Constantine in it. And it will be Matt Ryan. No words on if you're going to get any of the other actors or characters from Constantine. Um, But this opens up that great DC universe to allowing 
other shows to have Constantine show up in them, like Legends of Tomorrow. Um, God, can you imagine having Matt Ryan and Arthur Darville together? <sighs> let's take <laughs> that a makes me a happy. But, but girl. let's let's take a moment, Barb. Yeah, okay. Okay. I might need more than a moment. Uh, and John Barrowman too. What the hell? Becoming uncomfortable go. again. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, that is happening. That just uh, actually about 10, 15 minutes before we started recording, hit the air that that was, that was going to happen. So, yay! Excellent. That's awesome. I look forward to that. I thought Constantine, it was one of those shows that I think started kind of rough, but well, really by the end was fantastic. Well, they completely mm-hmm. retooled it. Um, the pilot got, um, what, they were actually going to have the girl from the pilot be a regular right. in the series, and they completely retooled it to have Zed be the, the main female lead. But even after that, the first few episodes, I think, were kind of rough. What I loved was you could see the progression of Constantine almost as if the network stopped caring because of the, you know, you never see him smoke in the first episode. Right. And it slowly, slowly built up until by the last episode, he's just chain smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, they just didn't Um, care at that point. But I, and that's when it was so good. And then, of course, it's gone. So I'm very, very excited. I'm not a huge fan of Arrow. I've seen a few episodes. I watch it it when The Flash is on there. But Constantine is one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite comic book characters. And I will definitely watch Arrow or anything else that that a Matt Ryan Constantine is in. Yeah, I hope hope that he jumps around to shows. Because I think it would be hilarious for such a bitter, jaded man to end up on Flash. I oh yeah! <laughs> so awesome. Contrast. <laughs> I know it would just be so great. Um, so uh, we kind of already talked about the Fantastic Four, um, but the thing that's that's scaring me is I keep hearing that they are really going to go ahead and do a sequel. Why? And I don't know why because they lost like the amount of money that they have lost on this film is is like a hundred million dollars easily. Yeah. So I I recently heard that Fox has given away the FF sequel date to something else though. I, I hope I hope they are I not, can't remember what it was. I but. hope to God they're not that stupid. Just let it go. In yeah. fact, just let Marvel get the rights back so we can have a decent zombies movie. Uh, oh, I would yeah. so love a Marvel zombies movie. Oh my god. I mean that's really if you want to make a good Fantastic Four flick. Make the Marvel Zombies movie. Right on. <laughs> I totally agree with that. For real. I mean, that's that's all they have to do. That's all they have to you do. You know what? I, I liked the trailers for Fantastic Four. I liked that they were going with the ultimate version. Uh, keeping it fresh. Making it a little more modern. Because I loved the ultimate comics. But every single thing I've heard about the full movie is just horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not giving them my money. I'm, I, you're, nope. not gonna, you're not going to yeah. get me to watch it and pay them for the right to be disappointed and want to, to, to you know, just jump myself in, off of a bridge. Um, so, if if it gets on, if, when it gets on cable, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm not, not going to do I'll it. I'll try it when it's free. When, when yeah. and it was interesting though. I read an article. They were talking about how much money that one tweet 
by um, the director. <laughs> Josh Trank. Yeah, Trank did that tweet and then reneged, you know, pulled it back and reneged it. But by then it was too late. And they're trying to, to figure out how much that one tweet cost the movie. But you can't blame the one tweet. No. You have to blame it on being a bad movie. Yeah, and then uh, essentially, <laughs> and then all the background stuff is coming out now. Like they, yeah. he he fought for what for whatever re- reason Miles Teller to be Reed Richards, and then they made him have to take um, Kate Mara mm-hmm. as and and so then he treated her like crap. Supposedly, the whole yeah, time. that's everything that's, I'm hearing. All the feuding going on now because that's professional. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, poor Kate Mara. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I feel bad for that, that franchise. I feel bad for the, the Fantastic Four. Um, they really should just do, like I said, and make a, a zombies flick because it would be something that would garner you a fan base for certain and mm-hmm. allow them to go to a darker place with the characters and not have it be like some weird, we want to be, from what I've heard, it's supposedly like a David Cronenberg body horror film at the first, some parts of it. Yeah, that's, I've heard that too. That's what I've heard. That's what Trank wanted to do. Yeah. And that, and if they allowed that, but it sounds like it actually, you can watch a train wreck happen and you can see him trying to do that with it. Cause I love the Chronicle. The Chronicle mm-hmm. was a great flick. And if you've not seen it, go check that out and see what we could have had if the studio had allowed him to do what he wanted. Well, my Possibly. feeling on something yeah. <laughs> my feeling on something like this though is when you when you take a franchise like this that's been around for so long, that has so many fans, if you're making a Fantastic Four movie, make a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. If you yeah. want to make a superhero body horror movie, <laughs> then come up with your own characters. Exactly. And do it do it that way. Right. It's kind of like the way I feel about Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mhm. Uh, what yeah. was the point of having that character be Deadpool? There wasn't any point. You know, well, other than to la- other than to plant that seed in Ryan Reynolds' head, yeah, <laughs> I suppose, but I doubt they were thinking that far ahead. <laughs> you know, if you wanted a character like that, there are a couple existing X Men that have multiple powers like that. There's Mimic, uh, to name one. But even if there weren't, just make up your own. Then, if you want a character, you can give all those different powers to. Mm-hmm. If you're using that existing character that has a huge fan base and a huge history, make that character. Exactly. Don't yep. try to do something crazy and different. Not that I have a problem with crazy and different. Just make up your own. Yep. I was talking about that with a friend earlier. So, I know it's yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Eric. I know it's crazy, but hey, Hollywood, let's do something original, maybe. <laughs> Funny. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, they could, but at least they can try. Yes. All right. That's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I actually moving along. I let's talk about a good movie that I have ever feeling is. But going Deadpool's to be. not out yet. No. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there was a Korean trailer, um, released for Star uh, Wars yeah, yeah, that yeah. showed us a couple of extra scenes mm-hmm. and, um, we got more of my woman, 
my woman, yeah. <laughs> the chrome trooper. Oh my God. I can't even, I can't even, <laughs> sorry. Um, I get all, I get all fangirly about her. Um, so the big thing though, that everybody's talking about is the one shot that <laughs> shows us that the empire doesn't look to be hurt nearly as bad as we were led to believe. In the trailer, there is a beautiful shot with a lot of stormtroopers. Yepers. So now, of course, everybody, including myself, has rewatched the trailer like a hundred million times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do things like that. What do you mean? Right. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting because uh, there was a, another shot of a battle on a bridge of what looks like a Star Destroyer, and there's TIE fighters there and everything. And there's one poor little stormtrooper flinging in the air, probably a Wilhelm being <laughs> yelled out. Um, but it looks, oh God, it just keeps looking better. Keeps, I'm ready for it. It needs to come. Oh I still to come to me. Andy my says. favorite, my favorite scene from the very first trailer, and I think it's been in every trailer since, is the one with the the hovering Tie Fighters shooting mm -hmm. into what looks to me like a cargo hold or something yeah, or a that's, launch that's, bay. Yeah, it looks like it's on a and, Star Destroyer or something, yeah. Yeah, but the that's not the way I've ever seen. I don't ever remember seeing TIE fighters like that, the, that hovering. They're always, you know, it's dogfighting well, and stuff. Well, who's to say they're being piloted? And it, either way, I just like that, that they're just there firing into the ship. Well, what, that's and, what I was I was finding interesting and in why I'm saying who says they're being piloted. They're firing at stormtroopers. Did you notice well, that? Well, yeah. So why would TIE fighters be firing at their own guys? And you said they're hovering. Well, that sounds like force powers. Mm, it's possible. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. But, I mean, in... <laughs> I think in any in any war you're going to have one side trying to gain the technology of the other side if it's worth having. So I mean I I would have no problem believing that in this time span, you know, the the Rebel Alliance or whatever they're going to be called at this point has tie fighters as well as X-wings and Y-wings and B-wings and everything else. That would just but throw who everybody's world into chaos. <laughs> yeah. If TIE fighters are being used by the rebels, everybody... They, um, oh. I, I would pretend. I, I would rather pretend that, that Luke Skywalker is down on that floor and he's so freaking powerful that he's able to levitate a damn TIE fighter and make it fire on people. Hell yeah. Because that's, a, that's just saying. hot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not um, saying he isn't. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just love that scene. That is a, it. Just everything looks so good. Try <laughs> a little bit. Um, so speaking of everything looking good, and I am excited as well. Um, the Dark Tower saga yeah. is officially happening. Awesome. For real, it's happening. And they finally actually have a release date for it. Sony released a release date for The Dark Tower. So it is going to be released on January 13th of 2017. Oh, wow. Nice. I am not excited. Why? I, you know, when the very first book came out, I was mm -hmm. incredibly excited. And it bored the hell out of me. Aww. 
And then when they released the uh, author's preferred edition or whatever they call it, I tried reading it again and didn't even finish it because it bored me even more. (laughs) (laughs) But, but movies are different. So I will give it a try. I'm just not that excited. I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. I love the concept. I was not happy with the execution, at least as much of it as I'm familiar with. Well, I know people that live for this series of books. They Mm -hmm. freaking love The Dark Tower. And it's a neat concept that I think will play out probably even better than in book form on, on screen. Because mm-hmm. the imagery is so is so good in the well, brain. I'm always willing to give it that shot, and like I said, I do love the concept of it. It looks it looks phenomenal. Um, so also coming out based on a I, I, these were it, it was based on a book. I'm almost positive was Westworld based on a book? It was was I? It? I no, think it was. I don't believe no? it was. It was written by Michael Crichton, the movie. Yeah, okay, so that might be where I'm getting confused. I think there's a novelization, but I th- I believe Michael Crichton wrote Crichton, an original screenplay. Crichton wrote the screenplay, okay. and that might be why I'm thinking about it. Right. Um. That way, because... I could be completely wrong, but I do believe that's the case. And he also directed it. Mm-hmm. I knew that, too. Um, but I kept thinking it was based off of a book of his, but he just yeah. wrote the screenplay. Um. Which, it's one of my favorite movies growing up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which explains a lot of my oddness. <laughs> um, because I was, how old was I when the movie came out? I was not, I was not old. Oh, God. Oh, I, the movie, I wasn't even born yet. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. So, I wasn't even born yet when Westworld came out. It came out two years before I was born. And I grew up watching this movie. And I freaking loved Westworld. And, um... The thing that's interesting now with HBO doing a fin- – God, I'm so excited. It's the first time, first, firstly, big time thing, Anthony Hopkins' first TV series yes. ever. Yes. Ever. That, all I needed was just that. Westworld <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins. All I I'm need- like, okay. I'm, I'm sold. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to know anymore. Just give me that. And so hell yeah. Fox. Sorry. What? No. Um, so <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I love the original film. And so after seeing the trailer, we've got it up on fangirlmag.com for you guys to check out. I'm not seeing any other of the world. So I'm wondering if this is specifically just a West world. Because hmm. remember in the movie, you had like medieval world, you had Greek mm-hmm. world, you had um, future world, I think was another yeah. one. Um, Roman world, medieval world. Okay. That, future world was the sequel. Um, okay. So medieval world and Roman world and West world. I didn't see the other two in this. But the one thing I did see that made me go, hi, was Ed Harris. Oh, my God. Hmm. Right? <laughs> Does he age at no, all? I, that's what I said. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he looks the same. He looks like he did in, in the abyss. <laughs> he totally, it's just weird how some of these entertainers just like, they're just youthful. They don't age from like decade to decade. Well, and, and he specifically, I don't think he's had any work done. He doesn't seem like the kind of dude that would go get work done. Right. And, uh. He looks great. And from, he totally does. Sorry, Eric. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. Eric's just like, I'm just feeling uncomfortable again. It's all good. But he just looks phenomenal in this. And I'm thinking that he is playing the Yul Brynner type 
character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get that too. Yeah, I get that vibe, but only because he just has that whole black gunslinger outfit on and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting because this time around, they're they're actually going to have one of the lead characters is going to be the robot, not just the bad guy robot, but like Evan Rachel Wood is playing one of the um, one of the robots in in Westworld, and they're going to have a more of a major role as mm-hmm. lead characters. Not just you're not just going to have like James Marsden running around as the Richard Benjamin character on a crusade to stop the gunslinger or get away from him. Um, well, I think you have to have that if it's a series. So you right. have to obviously build up a lot. Uh, and what I from what I can find, it will have the other worlds. It will. Because that they didn't really show anything else in the trailer, so I thought right, that was. But it is just a teaser. Yeah, it was only thirty seconds, and I want more. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I loved that movie. And, oh, I, uh, I, and it's funny, is because a lot of people forgot that there was a TV series called Beyond Westworld. I want to say that I've heard of it, but I I don't. It's on I YouTube. Recall you can find it on YouTube. Yay, internet! <laughs> I think a lot of people forget there was quite a few series based on movies back in the day. We had Planet of the Apes TV series, and the Logan's Run yep. TV yeah. series. So with, with Gregory Harrison. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm old. Trapper's on MD. Oh my God, Gonzo. Oh, I know, right? In the Titanic. <laughs> Oh, oh my lord! God, old. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Beyond Westworld, I think only lasted like maybe four episodes or something. But what um, what I find funny is that there was Future World and it, in the the movie sequel that happened with um, Fonda. What's his name? Not Henry. Peter. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Mister Slick. Mister Slick. I'm a. I'm a hipster. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was the lead in that one. But what was funny was they brought back Yul Brenner for this weird, like, well, dream dance sequence with the female lead. And I can't remember who that was, but it was just strange because I'm like, Future, you got to have Yul Brenner. Where is he? What the hell is this? Why are they dancing? He had to bring back the king and I in some form, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's because she had seen footage of him killing people, I guess, and it made her hot. So she had, like, some weird thing where she wanted to meet the gunslinger. It was weird. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's it's, it's also, I think, on YouTube somewhere. That's pretty weird, because my first adult dream was about Yul Brenner as a robot gunslinger. (laughs) I think mine was, too, come to think of it. <laughs> I would not surprise me as I saw that flick way too early in my life. Um, so before we get to the Tyler Shields interview, I wanted to really quickly let you guys know if you haven't read it yet, I have a non-spoiler uh, review up for Fear the Walking Dead. I got to see the first two episodes of it, Woo-hoo! and it's it actually premieres, I believe, is it the twenty third, August twenty third, mm-hmm. yep. and um, it's it's. Uh, has a slow I'm going to warn you right now it's a slow burn. Right. Um, the first episode is and the second episode it gears up a little bit more but don't go into this expecting the walking dead. It's not the walking dead. Um I want to uh, make that clear to a lot of people. But it says the walking dead in the title. I know. Does it have Daryl in it? Got to <laughs> love me some Daryl. It does not have no Daryl. 
There was no Daryl. There are no Hicks in this. This is not Hicks place in Georgia. It's not in Georgia. <laughs> it's in that damn L.A. Well, damn hipsters. Oh, all those hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> Keep, keeping my Daryl away. Daryl! <laughs> I still want a Carl spinoff. I would watch it. You call it pudding. I would watch Carl you can and call pudding. it pudding. <laughs> Carl and the pudding. That sounds Carl like a, and Carol. That sounds like a, a cookies and pudding, <gasps> right? <laughs> there you go. Oh my god! Are you listening, Hollywood? Come on, <laughs> cookies and pudding. The, 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 the walking the series. Dude, we could sell T-shirts. Oh my god! Someone's gonna rip that off now. You will find cookies and pudding. The Carl and Carol restaurant. <laughs> Heck yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Oh, we've totally went off tangent. Um, but, but yes, if you want to read a non spoiler, no spoilers, you're not going to be told by me who gets turned into a zombie in those first two episodes. Um, go check it out on fangirlmag.com. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty lengthy review, um, but it's a good. A, I think it's going to be a good series, but just mm-hmm. got to prepare yourself. It is not The Walking Dead. It's a completely different kind of horror in a lot of ways. AMC has also been showing, um, I think it's like a five-minute teaser behind the scenes to the show, mm-hmm. where it kind of shows you what the the walkers, if you will, will look like, and you get to kind of um, see what the main characters are all about and stuff. So um, I think... I think they're running it on Sundays. I know they're running it a lot during the Walking Dead marathon. They they just showed. Oh yeah, they're but um yeah, they're totally they're totally um gearing up for that premiere. They're really wanting the people to watch. It looks good. I I'm totally down with it. So I'm looking forward to and it. And Cliff Curtis is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> if you re- if you need another reason to watch it, <laughs> Cliff Curtis is pretty, and I'm so happy he's not playing Angry Muslim Number Four. <laughs> in in this because that's you know if you've seen twenty four or any right. other thing that's typically his mo is he's playing uh, angry Muslim and what's funny is he's from like New Zealand right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah oh, so he yeah. should be playing a Hobbit he's ma- he's, right. well, he's, exactly. he's 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 mo- I'm gonna I'm gonna totally mispronounce this Maori and uh, so okay. that's that's his, that's he's a descendant of a Maori, so from New Zealand. He is not like from Iran or any of these places that they keep <laughs> him as. I'm like Jesus Christ, guys, let him play. What? And I think in this, I think his character actually may. I, let me see. I think his last name is um, Manawa. So I think he may actually be playing the correct, you know. Where he's from. Oh, there you go. That's, what that's a concept. Sure. Let the guy yeah, say right? where he's from. Jesus. So anyway, <laughs> I'm not angry. <laughs> stop Stop making him play angry Muslim. He's not angry Muslim. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the cast is, is, is really good as well. And, except yes, he is very cute. Um, but uh, Ruben Blades is in this too. And he's playing... Um, an interesting character that shows up in the second episode. I don't know how long he's going to be on the show, but I like Ruben Blades a lot. He's been in a lot of good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Fear the Walking Dead, definitely worth watching. Just go in knowing that it's not going to be The Walking Dead. 
There's no Daryl. There's no Daryl. <laughs> this is not Georgia. <laughs> we are not on Georgia. Um, oh <laughs> let it go, Barb. Dude, I have real quick. There's a lady at my kid's school, and I had a Daryl T-shirt on, and she walked up to me, and she was like, "I love me some Daryl." Oh god! And then she smiled, and she had no teeth. So every. <laughs> I wonder how many times Norman Reedus has had that happen to him with people oh, with no teeth. Because I'm, I'm sure it's far a lot. too many times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've seen pictures. So oh, poor Daryl, poor <laughs> Norman Reedus. Exactly, poor guy. Oh, yeah, he's he's just having a hell of a time. It's so hard being Norman Reedus. <laughs> Such with, a rough life. Yeah. So um, with that, we're going to go into the Tyler Shields interview. And I hope you guys enjoy that. And Final Girl is going to be hitting video on demand. And um, I think a limited release on the 14th. So um, this Friday. This Friday. Um, you can be able to check it out. So with that, thank you guys, Barb. Yay! Thank Yay, you for Barb. having me. And Eric, thank you for putting up with us being girls. <laughs> It is. It'll not, happen again. He's it's so not, not used to like the, the that happening on the show because Sarah and Rachel tend to be a lot more sedate. That's no fun. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta let it out every once in a while. Yeah. Come on. Well, you know what? When uh, when Aquaman is a thing. <laughs> oh, 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 oh God. Because. Anybody that looks at my uh, Facebook page knows that I am like, Mama. I've got this, I am obsessed with him. So, Oh, yeah. I didn't tell, before we, before we, we will get to that interview, before I let you guys go, um, and we go to the interview, I actually told Brian Fuller, Momoa, for American Gods, <sighs> and he said, quote, unquote, we want to have him screen. <sighs> You know what? They just need to put Momoa in everything. Put it all. Put it. I. Not, put, oh God, I no! I'm not going to say it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. My no. husband is just like I made him watch Road to Paloma so many times. He's just like no. <laughs> He's just like I could be sitting on fire, but if Momoa was sitting here, you'd be putting him out. You just let me burn in a, a pile of ashes, and I'm just like, well, yeah, you know me, honey. <laughs> Oh, sorry. He's so pretty. I mean, he is. There's so many it's, levels of pretty. It sounds like a cooking. It sounds like a cooking tip. Just put Momoa in everything. That's how you bring out the flavor. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's all you need. There's a lot Just of a little flavor dash in of them. <laughs> you need a little Momoa in you. Get a little Momoa in you. Need to brighten up your day? A dash of Momoa. You know, kick it up. Feeling Bam. down, have some Momoa. <laughs> Bam. Give me some Momoa. Bam. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure my husband's sitting outside the door like, damn it. <laughs> I there can't she get goes again. Freaking Momoa, man. I need more Momoa. Mo Momoa. That's he just has a bromance with him. That's I, why. I need, I need a t-shirt. This is Mo Momoa. Exactly. Mama, 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 mama. Oh, God. See, we need to make those, and we need to make the cookies and pudding shirts, and I think we'll be on to something. <laughs> totally. True. Oh, Jesus. Okay, with that wonderful segue, it has nothing to do with it. We are going to go to our Tyler Shields interview. Thank you so much for listening. And um, as I said, um, Final Girl will be on VOD this Friday. So tomorrow, as of this airing, 
And thank you. So here comes Tyler Shields. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Fantastic. Well, um, I know I don't have you for very long, but I, I wanted to tell you I got to see the film and absolutely loved it. It was oh, phenomenal. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Um, but uh, let me let me just start picking your brain here. Um, what brought this film to your attention, and why did you choose it as your first feature? Well, what's interesting is when when the movie first came to me, um, it was a completely different movie. Oh. And I said, I said, you know, can I can I kind of create, uh, you know, this this type of story? And so we did that, and then I had someone write it, and we went through, and it was kind of like, this is how I want to make it. This is what I want it to be. It was a very different movie when it when it first came to me. So, um, how was it when it first came to you? Because I I know it because I I'm I'm familiar with your photography and your art. And it felt like yeah. that come to life, really. I mean, because there was so that, that was the that was the exact plan. So that's <laughs> awesome. It worked. It worked. Yay! It did. I mean, yeah. it it was like um, the best way I could describe some of the scenes and how they they appeared um, on on in the film was just they felt very like almost framed art that had been moving. That that the the exact idea was you could take, you know, you could take any scene out of this movie and put it on a wall and it could be in a museum. That was the that was the kind of plan for how we shot it and how I wanted it to look. And it, it did. It felt very like the 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 colors popped that were supposed to, and it just yeah. it, and and how you you filmed Abigail was just oh my god, she just glowed. Oh, thank you. It was gorgeous. I, you know, one, one of the ideas was, you know, like people don't really make movies like this anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I love, like, I love some of the old movies, you know, Gilda was one of the movies where, you know, every time the female character would be on screen, it was, it, it felt magical, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, like and, Portrait of Jenny. That's right, and that was the idea with this. Is like you want it to be. Um, I think a lot of times people will do coverage and they'll do shots where you know they're just doing it to get to the next thing, but we didn't want to do that with this. Well, and the one thing I was wanting to ask you too was: was there ever an established time for the movie to be set in? Because it looks and feels very fifties. Yeah, it's funny because. Um, you know, there, there was no real time period. And, and I always said, you know, when I, when I was designing out the diner or kind of how I wanted the clothes to be and, you know, the suits and everything, um, you know, it was obviously 50s. There's some cars from the 60s and 70s in there. So it was kind of all over the place. But it was funny because the, the first AD for the movie would always say, this movie is set in Tyler time. And I thought that that was, I thought that was just perfect because it was whatever, it, it was set in my imagination. Uh, so there was no real time period. It was just Tyler time is what they would, was what people on set would call it, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> so um, I know that um, you said when the film came to you that it was a different kind of, of, of movie in the story. Was there more background on, on how, how, um, 
Wes Bentley's character, William, comes to find Veronica and and how what is he on his own or is there a group because I was just I was like dying I'm like okay well who's he working for is he just gone rogue and doing this on his own uh well that none of that was in the original thing I came up with all that oh okay so in your yeah. head what <laughs> in, in your in head my, in, in in Tyler time uh <laughs> no in in my in my head what I there, there was a there was a project that the CIA had uh, back in the day called Agent Orange, mm-hmm. and that was kind of one of the inspirations for this. But you know, there there's been all of these really fascinating CIA programs over the years. One of my favorites was the CIA once spent twenty million dollars training a cat to spy. <laughs> Do you know about this? It does not surprise this, me. <laughs> this is a fact. Now, they they were training a cat to spy. They spent $20 million doing it, and the, they were getting ready to release the cat into the Russian embassy so that it could spy, and it was hit by a car and killed. <laughs> the taxi cab ran it over. It got out, it ran across the street, and it got hit by a car. Oh, man. It, it knew how to spy but not how to dodge. That's right. So there's there's all these interesting, you know, CIA programs over the years and all of these little programs. And and one of them that I always found fascinating was the recruitment of orphan children. And, you know, that was kind of that was kind of where this came from. Oh, that's that's awesome. So. So for the backstory for for those two characters, that's 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 just awesome so what was the backstory did you give a backstory to the crew the boys um for their characters and how they came to be a group no we we don't we don't show you how they came to be Mm -hmm. um my my personal kind of uh you know my thought on it when we were doing it and what i what i would always say to the boys is like you know, this is something where, uh, you know, th- these things generally kind of happen by accident. But then once you get into it, then you're just in so deep, it becomes addictive. And then they just keep going and they just keep, keep, keep going and going and going. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's really funny because everyone's asking me, you know, will there be a, would you ever do a prequel with right. just the boys? <laughs> um, which would be fascinating because people love the boys. They want to know what they want to know how the hell that happened. <laughs> well, and just I, I like the fact that you kind of hint that um, the uh, the one's father is in prison, and you kind of like yep. you're kind of like, well, what did he do? And and it's always funny because like I've seen films that they just say, oh yeah, well this is uh, they they actually use real photos of a, of a real serial killer from from real life to to right. uh, show as a as this as a kid's father, and it's like oh that's that's a little disturbing, and but it explains a lot. It's interesting, you know. None of the kids in the movie have dads. You know, their their parents are all kind of like insane, or not the there. Kid, you know, it, or not there. <laughs> the, the one kid has you know the scene where he kisses his mother. <laughs> it, it's just, which, it, which 
Which, by the way, when we did that, no one knew that I was going to do that. Oh, God. That was, that was improv, so everyone freaked out. <laughs> I kind of got a vibe of that at the dinner table scene with them, that there was just a little too closeness there for mother and son. Um, That's right. Oh, man. So, so you, um, just kind of as a part of this, your photography um, is works really well and it focuses on I know you've done some that are um, focuses on violence and focuses a lot on women but your stuff seems very empowering as well can you talk about how you utilize that art um, to make that statement as well as in the film yeah I mean I think you know it's interesting because uh, it's, it's rare that you get um, movies like this where the the woman is kind of the badass, you know? I mean, it, it's happening more and more recently, but, um, you know, these, these are, these are tough things to get made. You know, it's tough, it's tough to get a movie made where the, where the woman is the badass and she's beating up the men. Um, so when, when they went for this idea, I was very excited about it because, you know, what, what fun to be able to show the fact that it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever, if you're, you know, if you're properly trained, I mean, you can, you can beat the shit out of anybody you want. I mean, uh, there's the, that UFC fighter, Ronda Rousey, who's beating all these people up now. She's and, amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, now, now they're like, oh, she should just fight a man. You know what I mean? There's, <laughs> there's no one left for her to fight. Um, you know, which is, which is funny. She's beat up all the. They're like she's beat up all the women in the world. So she should start fighting men. <laughs> and she probably um, win. That's the best part. <laughs> right. That's right. So you know, I I love the idea of that. I think women are such strong. Uh, they're such strong characters, and I think that you know, for for Abigail, this was this was a real thing. This was like a life changing thing for her. I mean, she really. She learned a lot about life out there in those woods. Well, and and I think it's interesting, you know, you, you see her and then you, you're thinking about Little Miss Sunshine. And then you see her <laughs> in this and it's like, my God, it's amazing the transformation that she's gone through. And just she's just so phenomenal. And she's played in these films um, where she plays strong characters and it's pretty phenomenal, like Zombieland and, uh, you know. Yep. In, in, in just like Ender's Game and My Sister's Keeper, she plays these strong women. And she's, it's just phenomenal to watch an actress kind of grow like that and still, you know, grow with her craft. Yeah. I mean, she's grown up on screen. It's really crazy. Yeah. She really has. It's, um, so I, I was wanting to uh, ask you too about, you know, you filmed this in, in, in I believe, in Vancouver. Um, can you talk about the locations that you had? Because um, I loved the diner. I loved how sort of timeless it looked, and I loved the wood oh, setting you. that you did. I mean, it, it really did. It reminded me of those the like the late night diner art. That um, that's that, exactly that's exactly the reference. So I had an amazing production designer by the name of Tink. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, like I saw that. Him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's like Madonna. He only has one name. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I went to him and I said, we have to have the classic, iconic 50s diner, the Hopper-style diner. 
And, you know, we built that diner for the movie. Wow. Um, yeah, which was which was really cool because it was exactly to my specifications. That's um, great. And he did an amazing job building that. So and the, then the woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the wood shot. The wood shots were really beautifully shot, and I love the amount. I mean, how did how was filming that as well? Where did you find the location, and how was it to film there? Because it looked like you really were filming at night. Oh, by the way, we filmed at night in December in the woods <laughs> in Canada uh, for real, and people were fucking freezing. <laughs> I sat. I sat in a rainstorm for 10 hours one day straight. I sat in the rain for 10 hours. Oh, uh, fun. And I don't <laughs> like cold weather. But, um, but no, what's interesting is, like, you know, we were probably, I want to say, it was, it was a three-hour round trip every day to set out there. Um, and we were in the middle of the no cell phones worked, no Wi-Fi, nothing. Uh-oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's, it's funny that you said no cell phones worked and it just went, it just went screwed. I know. I have that power. <laughs> the um, power of suggested to technology. You know, the thing about shooting out there was everything was real. So we're out in the woods. I mean, it's, it's real out there. You know, we had a family of raccoons that were living by the trailers and they're <laughs> like, Oh, if a bear comes, you know, you have to do this. And there, there was just, it would start snowing in the middle of a scene and we would just keep going. You know, it was, it was, it was really magical, but it was insane. And it didn't, it probably helped the uh, performances in terms of I'm running and my feet are bare and I'm freezing to death. Oh, Oh, yeah. We had one scene where someone was running through the woods and, you know, we had these ma- these really crazy lighting setups and I told them, don't run out of the light. And they kept, they just were in it and they kept going and they literally tripped over a log and did a complete front flip. Oh, God. <laughs> I told them, you don't run out of the light. You can't, you don't run where you can't see. <laughs> but, oh, okay. <laughs> I understand yep. now. Well, Tyler, thank you so much, and I absolutely love the film. It was it was so beautiful, and uh, uh, you nailed it on on making her look like a glowing screen goddess from from oh. like the thirties. It just was just beautiful. Well done, sir. Thanks so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her you said that. She she did. She glowed. It was in her eyes. I don't even know if you put contacts in them, but my God, beautiful one. Oh, no, we did not. God, she, thank you. To look like an angel. Well, thank you so much again, I and it. I can't wait um, for people to see this movie and hear about it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.